This is the Tribune Audio Network. It's Monday, December the 16th, and for our last episode of Eat It, Virginia, Scott and I are stuck in a sound booth. Welcome to Eat It, Virginia. Hello and welcome to Eat It, Virginia. My name is Scott Wise and I'm here with my friend, my friend, Roby Martin. Merry Christmas, Roby. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. We got it all in this last episode. We have to. I feel like, man, Scott, that's 23 episodes. We've done it. We're done, right? We're done. We're gonna, we're gonna end. We're gonna end the podcast. Are we, now? Do, are, we, are we doing? We're finished. We're over. Like that's it. Or are we moving on to season two? I think we should try season two. I think we should hire an audio engineer first of all. Why? Because you don't like this booth we're in now. This like wall-to-wall styrofoam or whatever it is. It's very. It's it's probably what's gonna go in my new bathroom. What do you think? All I want for Hanukkah is a sound engineer, <laughs> yes. a producer. Uh-huh. And a sponsor. How about that? How about those three things? A sound engineer, a producer, and a sponsor. If you guys know anybody out there that wants to be any of the above, shoot us an email at heatedvirginia at gmail.com. Now, let's actually talk about this, Scott. 23 episodes ranging from Mike Lindsay, which was, was our, our very first, very first, all the way to Michelle Williams. I think Mike Lindsay has opened up four restaurants since we interviewed him in February. Oh, uh, like 15, 50. How does that group do that? It's, I, think, I think it's Mike Lindsay, Chris Sway, Ren Menford, and Chris Staples. Those four guys are just physically brick by brick building restaurants in Richmond. We could have those guys back on in 2020. They could talk about four brand new restaurants that weren't even around last year when we interviewed them. Okay, so Michelle Williams like literally announced an opening of a new restaurant the like two days after she was on our podcast. It's all about timing. So the upcoming, both of those restaurant groups actually have Wong Tacos that's getting ready to open, and then Barrio Tacos and Tequilas. So maybe they talked in between our podcasts? Our podcast is bringing good tacos to Central Virginia. I like to think it's bringing good tequila, but you keep what you want. So what was your favorite episode? Oh my gosh, I don't know if I have a favorite episode per se. I have moments of favorite episodes that I love. Really? So, yes. So I think we should run a little recap on those moments. Let's what do, do you think? I love that idea. A few moments that we really, really enjoyed. This wasn't planned at all. Nope, not even a little. Nope, 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 I didn't plan that. I didn't even send you a list of the recaps that I wanted. None of this was planned. Let's be spontaneous, Roby. Oh, why not? What episode do you love the most? <laughs> Hold on. Before we do the okay. recap, I want to talk about something that I typically send to you every month that I think we should do vocally for the last episode of the season. What is that? It's the hot list. Ah, oh, the hot list. Um, I think we should talk about the restaurants that have continued to be a focus in Richmond Dining as the hot new restaurants wrapping up the year. So for the uninitiated, every month Roby sends, uh, sends me a list of the places that you should be eating that particular month in and around Richmond. She calls it the hot list. It publishes on WTVR.com. Well, I have, we've kind of rounded up, I'm not going to call the, yeah, I am. I'm going to call them the top new restaurants of 2019. The top new restaurants of 2019. These are restaurants that opened the calendar year. In the calendar year and that have been on the hot list. So I'm not entering any new individuals in for the month of December. Okay. So you probably can guess, first of all, your favorite wing place. 
My favorite wing place, that's got to be Manchu. Sure. Kind of spent more money at Manchu this year than I think any other restaurant in town. Did you see he's starting to started to do boneless chicken tenders? Marvin's wearing nicer clothes these days. I wonder, uh, if, I have to, I wonder if I have to do anything to do with that. you got to ask him for a commission. Or at least one free wing. The last time I went into Manchu, they were serving popcorn chicken. Oh, God. That guy's killing it. Yeah. He needs a second location across the street from the CBS 6 station. Well, he mentioned in our uh, podcast with him that he was planning on opening up a second location, maybe somewhere in South Richmond. Remember that? Sure. I'm saying across the street from the CBS station. Oh, this station? Yes. Oh, gosh. No, 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 no. That's too much. I don't think too it's intense. too much. I think, I think it'll fit right in. The best part about the Marvin interview, do you remember how he interviewed Marvin at Manchu? <laughs> Similar to what we're doing right now, except he had a microphone that came from the ceiling. So Marvin is so busy at Manchu. He didn't have time to like take us back to an office. He didn't have time to come to Channel 6 for an interview. We literally had to interview him while he was working, serving customers' orders in the window at Manchu. Truly was taking orders and at the same time answering questions about his family who came from New Orleans to do this restaurant that he has opened. Yep. Let's uh, let's run a little clip from, from Marvin at Manchu. He's that busy. Where are we, Roby? We, we are at Manchu. This is, I, I was telling Marvin before you got here that I think this is your favorite restaurant because you write about this place. I feel like every month, somewhere in your writing, Manchu is mentioned. I think that the search for a perfect wing is like my life's work. <laughs> That's my purpose, actually. That's my life work now. I, uh, I did not know slinging wings was my forte, and so here I am trying to make the best wings in Richmond. And you are selling out of wings relatively regularly. I mean, I now came to a point to where I try not to sell out, so I'm having extras and extras on top of extras. I think, I think it's the best thing ever. It just shows you that Richmond really, really digs a chicken wing. A good chicken wing. Uh, well, not just course. any chicken wing. Oh, I mean, a sure. good, an exceptional chicken wing. So this, while well, you know that I love this restaurant, Scott, how many times have you been here? Too I think I've been here half a dozen times in like two months, which, you know, uh, Manchu is not close to where I live. It is sort of close to where I work, but not like on the way home or on the way to work. But it is definitely worth the trip to North Avenue in Brooklyn Park. Yep, Brooklyn Park area. Yeah. So how did you get here? Because you have kind of an interesting trajectory through New Orleans, mm -hmm. so forth and so on. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, well, I can blame my parents for that on how we ended up here in Virginia. Um, but we did start out in New Orleans, uh, where majority of my family resides. And with schooling being important in our family, that's how we migrated up northeast. Um, and slowly from there, we got here to Richmond in 2006, where my brother and I attended school here in Richmond. And uh, from there, was, everything was just smooth sailing. But I did not know chicken wings was in my future because I used to be in an office job, behind cubicles and windows. But at home, cooking was something I enjoyed. And so your whole family is a lot... Is like tell tell everyone your New Orleans connection. Yeah, so yeah, my family has been operating the Manchu in New Orleans for the past thirty five years, uh, where they bought over a Chinese restaurant and made it their own and created new recipes. And from there, it took them twenties of years to actually get known in uh, in New Orleans. And I went down there and studied under them for just half a year and just stole their recipe and took it with me. <laughs> he. 
openly admits that he swiped family the award-winning Manchu it's recipe not stealing and brought him to family. <laughs> it was uh, it was actually um, they they actually loved the fact that I wanted to come and expand their restaurant where they couldn't do it themselves, and so they took me in with open arms and allowed me to study under them and took me in just open arms. It's great. So it was love. I don't want you to. Uh, to spill the beans here. I do. Give it, well, he's not going to. I can I tell you he's recipe. not going to. He's not going to give it to you. You're going to ask. I want it. No, I'm not going to ask. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm going to ask, ask the secret. Like, So how would you, if someone has not um, had your wings before, mm-hmm. how would you describe them to You know, it's really somebody? simple. It's just a simple dry rub recipe. Honestly, I feel like any dry rub recipe on a wing, as long as you let it sit for a day, it's going to be good. Ooh. Right? But sit it, for a day. Is it Vietnamese? Is it is it? Cajun is it like what, what, what? How would well, you classify it, Scott? You just said it yourself. Is Vietnamese Cajun? Just put it together. <laughs> wow, I have a future in this business. <laughs> I feel like you might know. Yeah. All right, very good. So uh, yeah, we just simply took up some season that we created on our own, threw it on some chicken, let it sit for a day, just throw in some water and some flour, and that's it. Call it a day. Okay, how about Hotel Green? Hotel Green. Not a hotel, guys. Not, not, a, hotel. not a, It says very very big letters. Not a hotel. hotel. I, you know, I've been to Hotel Green to play mini golf Yay. and to drink. Yep. But I have not yet eaten there. So on Sundays, apparently, it's like the spot to go. They have an incredible brunch. And it's super, super busy. So get reservations. Okay. But it also includes for 20 bucks a round of golf. So Hotel Green, you and I went to Hotel Green right before it opened. Actually, a couple weeks before it opened, I think. And they were still in construction mode. We were wandering around a construction site. It looks so different now, doesn't it? Did you almost fall or did I almost fall? One of you us almost, almost fell. fell. But you were walking backwards, so we'll give it to you. That's right. You can watch that video on the CBS 6 Facebook page. Or maybe on the Eat of Virginia Facebook page. Or maybe both. I'm not really sure. I'm going to go with both. Okay. How about Coco and Hazel? Oh, my gosh. So where Marvin gets my money, Coco and Hazel gets my calories. Nice. That place is ridiculous with a with a milkshake the size of your face. They put a cake on top of a milkshake. Yeah, it's it's. If you're looking for a fun Christmas outing for your children or for your loved ones, no matter what age they are, Coco and Hazel is really the spot to go. You can get coffee and dessert. Super super fun. We haven't had those. We have not had those folks on the podcast yet. I'll take Coco or Hazel. <laughs> Abuelitas in the South Side. Another place that has been on my list since the moment it it opened. But I've yet to go. Oh, man, you need to make it down there. Everybody loves that place. Multiple different stews, which probably is not what you think of as traditional Mexican food. But for, I mean, first, it's the pricing is outstanding. Also, the, you get a ton of food. So take a buddy to eat your one dish. And you eat chicken and chorizo. You can get birria, which you, traditionally is goat. But they say they haven't found something where they could source a goat here yet in Richmond. If anybody knows one, send me a message. You have barbacoa. They're making their own tortillas. The whole thing is fantastic. So that's on our list. Grisette. Have you been there yet? No, not yet. But again, one of those places that everybody loves. Oh, the steak and frites is right up your alley. That's up near Alewife on Churchill, right? It surely is. Absolutely. Okay. What else have you enjoyed there? Okay. So pate. You should definitely have the pate. And then I just keep hearing such wonderful things about the service, which I think is a point to be made here. We talked about it in every single podcast we've done, 23 of them to be exact. And I think that good service brings patrons out. And this is definitely an example of it. Have you been to Zorch? 
That's the pizza food truck? Mm-hmm. Can you believe I haven't? No, I can believe I, I you haven't. I, I can believe you haven't. Oh, you can? Okay. Yes. Well, I love pizza so much, you would think I would track it down. So, Zorch is a favorite of Sam from the Richmond Experience. Sam has a lot of favorites. If you follow Sam and her Richmond Experience on Instagram, you'll see all of her favorite places to go. Okay, you guys should absolutely follow Sam and Sean, who also is part of that. They have a new podcast. If you haven't listened to it, it's called Why Richmond is Awesome. And Sam was one of our first podcast guests. She was the, probably one of the first four or five. Uh, she's And she's been a great supporter. She digs the Zorch. I think you should play a clip from Samantha's podcast. Be your perfect day in Richmond. Uh, the places you would go if someone was coming from out of town, what would you recommend the three or four spots they'd have to hit? For sure, no matter what, we, we're going to be like walking or biking if the weather's at all decent. If they've never, ever been to Richmond, I feel like you have to like take them down by the river so they can check that out. Maybe take a drive down Monument Avenue Boulevard and, and see some of the, you know, architecture that's in Richmond. Um, obviously, you got to go get a bite to eat at a couple of different places. I mean, go to breakfast, have brunch, maybe go to brunch. Um, Barcelona has been really cool. I've been really enjoying them as well. I think there's, you know, try to, I would bounce around to a couple of neighborhoods. I mean, back when we first lived in Richmond, we did eat meat. Like, dude, I can so crush a chicken biscuit from Cezanne. Like, probably still today. If you were like, hey, here's a chicken biscuit from Cezanne Market, I'm like, all right, no, I'll have like it. Yeah. Yeah, flexitarian's probably a little uh, safer to say. But uh, here's the word. Flexitarian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. That's like mostly no meat and then every now and then if you want So conscious about what you put in your body. Yeah, yeah. Um... You know, and then I think there's some brewery. I mean, you got to like, again, if that's their very first time, you got to hit a brewery or two. I mean, the, the beer scene here is just incredible and it continues growing. I mean, we just stopped by uh, Final Gravity yesterday. Oh love gosh. those guys. And I don't think they get enough credit, really, because I feel like I love their beers there. Um, and then we we slid over to table and that was really fun, too. So Both those brewers are they're great. Super solid. Yeah. Final, Final Gravity actually has the top three IPAs in the nation. They won at the um, yeah. very cool thing yeah and then table has nick coddle who has been brewing in richmond as a home brewer for like a crazy amount of time and he actually he like uses a lot of local oh he's all native yeast and what that means is the yeast from the air ferments his beer which is a really cool thing so yeasty sugar that's fermentation we all know that but he uses it natively Soul Taco is another one. They were just at Channel Six this week, making making uh, making some tacos for everybody. I see that they made a turducken yeah, taco. I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. I didn't get a bite of that. Well, I'm I'm here for the fried chicken tacos, which I feel like you would be all over. And they they just recently he was one of the guys from Soul Taco was talking about either they just opened a second location or they're about to. They opened a second location. And where is that one? That one is downtown, like right off of. 13th I believe okay. it's definitely downtown um right next to the citizen that's not the burger bar okay so in that same block and I I mean it's a bigger location than the one that we actually were in before they opened in Jackson Ward, in Jackson Ward. Right, right so yeah you should go and eat there it's fun stuff um and then what is our last one oops Adara oh Adara in the old rogue spot you have been raving about Adara and guess what I had never been to Atara. So if you guys are keeping track of the restaurants that Scott has been to on our list of hot restaurants, that would be the wing place and the dessert place. Solo. Those are what. So everybody needs, 
Okay, Adrift is not on our hot list. Why not? Because it's not in Richmond. Sorry, I'm getting ahead. He is. He's also been to Adrift, but he would like you guys to know that. So you have been to two of the... Well, these are not all the restaurants that you put on the hot list this no, year. These, these are, are the hot select, ones of 2019. These, these are the hottest of the hot list. These are the hottest, the the most flamiest of 2019. I've been to the others that you've included. Two. He's been to two out of eight. However, you have been to what I think is the best restaurant in Virginia right now. And we talked about that. Do you still think Adrift is the best restaurant in Virginia? Uh, it was a few months ago you made that declaration and blew up our website. I did, blow, and I think blew them up as well. But yeah, I do. I still think that they're doing some solid, solid stuff. Maybe next year they will be knocked out of that spot. But currently I think that Adrift is. And you got in the car. I drove down there. Oh, God. Adrift is great. So in the Northern Neck, which actually has had quite a dearth of restaurants, um in the previous years have gotten, they've all of a sudden just started to open up new ones and a couple of individuals from the inn at Little Washington, have they have moved back to their hometown, which is Whitestone, Virginia, and opened a drift. You can either do a tasting menu or you can do a la carte and the a la carte is accessible for individuals that don't want to spend $75 a person, so you can get burgers or whatever, or you can do something just a bit more upscale, maybe, say, anniversary, date night, regular Tuesday, that's about $75 per person. So what makes this restaurant so awesome, in your opinion? Well, A, I've, it, the service is outstanding, one, and I think that that's a big, big deal in a restaurant. And B, I think that they're bringing what they learned from Patrick O'Connell, who is a five-time James Beard Award winner, just recently was awarded the James Beard Lifetime Award, chef and proprietor at the Inn at Little Washington, which is what? Our only, one of our only three Michelin-starred restaurants in Virginia. There may be more than three, but I think there's three. Um, to Whitestone, which uh, it, it's brilliant. Now, I've never been to Whitestone before, so tell me a little bit about the area where the restaurant sits. Tell me about the inside. Of the, is it a fancy restaurant? No. going to be spending hundreds of dollars there? No, but I can tell you how you can find out more about it. Sure. You can head to WTVR.com and read my article, which tells you all of these questions that you just had. You know what else I like about our podcast? Hang out with me all day long in small, confined locations? Yeah, this is, this, this <laughs> this is, is cozy. Stuff. This is cozy. So... What I really do like is the fact that we do a little drinking. Yeah, but Booth has been a great addition to the podcast this year, and he was, he's was he been with us for like probably the first 12 or 15 podcasts we did. I'm hoping that after he gets this education component of his, he's going back, he's gone back to school to do some studying, that he'll come back and guest star, maybe even have a whole podcast with Booth as the nice. guest. He brings the best wine and... When you bring the cheese, that was my favorite at his place at Barrel Thief. When, oh. you, when you brought the American cheeses, Cheese Society, and he brought the wine to pair with the cheeses. Yeah, he's a smarty pants. Can we revisit that moment? Oh, well, I, I revisit it every day in my head. So, Booth, I gotta tell you, you really do us a solid here over on the old Eat It Virginia. We come to you for so much knowledge, and you lay it all down for us. So, I brought you things today. What did you bring? It's Christmas in August. It is. It's Christmas in August, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like I don't know. This I think this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, I I like what I'm seeing so far. I've started unwrapping things. So I went to the American Cheese Society thing. Yep. 
which is like a big festival they have everywhere. It's in Portland next year. <coughs> and they were nice enough to let us have the three best in shows. Top three cheeses. Top three cheeses. So over the next three podcasts, we are going to taste each of the cheeses. And I am going to ask you, and I know, this is not a science, what you might pair with a cheese similar to it or its exact cheese. Perfect. Yeah. Can't wait. Are you, yeah, me too. I'm, I'm like really... <laughs> so this, new, this little brie guy we got here, it's called the Professor's Brie. Okay. So it's named after a guy that is a cheesemaker now, but he once was a professor at Cornell. Cornell, It's okay. made, interestingly enough, the two top cheeses were made by the same creamery, Old Chatham, which is bizarre, right? Anyway, this guy must be an amazing cheesemaker. Not the professor, but the person that makes the cheese. And this is a professor's brie. Okay, cool, brie. So kind of rich and creamy. Yeah, you told me you were bringing a brie, so I, I didn't know the specific one, but um, um, all brie is, is creamy, kind of milky, um, and it has a kind of a bloomy rind that um, can be a little bit mushroomy, too. So kind of mild flavors, but uh, rich and fatty. So, so I brought a sparkling wine to go with that. Um, Ooh, I bet you that's going to be lovely. So just to give everybody an idea, this is like the color of butter. Wouldn't you say this cheese was? Yeah, for sure. And Looks like butter, yeah. Scott just took a bite of it because he's before us. What does it taste like? Is that like a to mistake? You? No, I want okay. you to do it. Tastes like butter. No, brie's one of my favorite cheeses. <laughs> I love, I love, I love yeah, a good, a brie. good brie. Yeah, I love a good brie. Cheap brie is kind of a waste of time. So but tell me why you chose this wine for this cheese. So with that really creamy richness of a cheese that kind of coats your tongue, it's like it's like like butter, sort of. It like melts all over your your palate. Um, you need something to kind of clean your palate. So you need acidity. Or and or I should say uh, bubbles, and we we like to say in the wine business it's like scrubbing bubbles. So those bubbles just kind of wash that fat off your off your palate. Um, yeah, so it's a refreshing kind of cleansing uh, pairing rather than a matching pairing, if you know what I mean. So what are we drinking? It's a really pretty pink. Yeah, so I brought a Virginia sparkling wine um, because this cheese. Uh, is from the states, and also we had the big, the cheese event here. So uh, I figured I'd feature a Virginia wine. Um, any sparkling wine would be really good with with a cheese like this. But um, but this is wonderful. This is from uh, Veritas um, Winery, and this is their Mousseau. So it's a uh, it's a rosé that's made uh, in the Champagne method uh, here in Virginia. Awesome. And we, so cool things about the cheese and the wine is you can get them here in Richmond. Yeah. So this guy comes from Wegmans. You can buy him at Wegmans right now. Booth? No, Booth, <laughs> Booth you have to come to Barrel Thief. Gotcha. Only on some cheese. Yeah. So this cheese you can buy, and then we can buy this wine here at Barrel Thief, right? Yes, Booth? we usually have this in stock. Um, this is my last bottle, unfortunately, but I'll be getting uh-huh. more in soon. So by the time this comes out. for us. <laughs> well, let's just tell him, Booth, how busy it is tonight here. I really it's, love it. It's a bumping crowd. Yeah, it's a good night. I enjoy um, recording on site. As we were talking about in the last podcast, we go a little tipsy here, Booth. Oh, the last time? Yes, every time yeah. we record here, we get a little <laughs> tipsy. I see you, I think. It's, it's not just here. It's <laughs> right. everywhere. We're, we're, right. Wherever Booth is, tipsy follows. always bringing the alcohol. Wait, is that why you guys like me? Shh. Yeah. No, oh, no, yeah. no. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 No. No. Maybe. Y- yes. Maybe. I don't know. 
know. Isn't that why you Whichever like Whichever answer is fine. I thought it was a smile. <laughs> got a nice it's, smile. It's, it, he does have a nice smile. Oh, so, thanks. sweet. Anything else we should know about pairing cheese with wine? Body with body generally works out. Um, so, like, young goat cheeses, really fresh, kind of like a chev, um, would go with a lighter-bodied, kind of zippy wine. So that's like a like-with-like like pairing, you know, Sauvignon Blanc and, and goat cheese. What happens when someone presents a poor pairing of wine and cheese? Does the cheese get ruined? Does the wine get ruined? Does the night get ruined? What happens there? <laughs> yes, all of the above. The night it's a gets disaster. Ruined. Yeah. You... It ends because in divorce of most of the, the time. Wine. Ruined night, Scott. Over. Yeah. Everybody goes home. Yeah, I know these things. Yeah. First dates never stuff. get to the second. No, no. Actually, they don't even make it past the first yeah. hour. They erase their number. It's um, well, Swipe what happens? Left. <laughs> Swipe. Um, a whole like a whole host of things could happen. Um, yeah, the wine can be ruined. Not ruined, but the wine might not show as well as it could. Same with the cheese. Um, and that's with all foods. It's not just cheese. You know, if you have a Cabernet Sauvignon with a, you know, a shrimp, it's not really going to benefit either one of those things. And you, and you might leave that dinner saying, oh, I don't like shrimp if you've never had it before, or I don't like Cabernet. Um, so thinking about that fair. stuff helps. It's not it's fair, not to, fair to either one. It's not I know. fair to the Cabernet. It's not fair to the your loved date. one in your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. None of those. You'll die alone. So just wow, to give you the background, serious. this is a combination of sheep and cow milk made by Old Chatham Creamery, and you can get it here in Richmond. Also, the wine is Veritas, and you can get here at Barrel Thief. So are you reading any restaurant reviews lately? You're on this podcast now. I feel like you should keep up with the restaurants and what's good and what's not. I only follow your Instagram, Ruby. You are, you are my one source of information. Well, when it comes I, to that. Yes, me and my blubbering along with Instagram. No, really, you're not reading any restaurant reviews? I only read them when you, I really only read them when you point them out to me and say, this is awesome or this is terrible. I like, I like reading your opinion of, of the people's opinions. Well, I have opinions on opinions, yes. and so does Justin Lell, who is the Richmond Times Dispatch restaurant reviewer. Man, say that five times real fast. He was a fun interview, don't you think? I think that his rubric might be one of my favorite things I've heard from a reviewing standpoint in a while. Let's, let's revisit that clip with Justin Lowe, the Richmond Times-Dispatch restaurant reviewer. Five times fast. From one reviewer to another reviewer, there's, there's going to be difference in stars, right? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? Like, what are your thoughts there? The concern you raise, I think is a valid one and it's one we should be looking at um thinking about ways that we could achieve a little more stability in the starring system i think that it's still difficult to do and i'm not really sure what the answer is in terms of what the fix would be um because I don't know, is there to fix there the, even needs to be one because on the one hand it would require a little bit more standardization right but on the other hand one of the things that I think is really great about the way the Richmond Times does their food reviews is that the food reviewers are completely autonomous. We are independent agents. You know, Carrie edits my reviews, but she is really good about letting the reviewers make the final call when it comes to stars. So there's 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 no pressure to you know, change our starring. Our starring is our starring. And I know I, for one, take my starring very seriously. I have a whole rubric of things that I consider and then also like consider it more holistically as well. But I do have a, 
I have a rubric of things that I consider and, you know, one star, you know, here's, here's this first category I consider did the, you know, I can walk you through it. I mean, it, the first category is sort of basic requirements for a restaurant. Services, seats. service time, there are seats. <laughs> you know, well, some restaurants don't have seats, so I guess not. <laughs> yeah, you know, the restaurant didn't catch food. fire. When they I, have food. You, yeah, yeah, they have food. Um, you were given a utensil yeah, with yeah, seats. Yeah, yeah, basic stuff. I mean, um, and then the second category, I consider what their sort of overall vision is. Is it, you know, what their what the intentionality is with respect to their food. And then third category, do they execute on that vision? And how well do they execute on the vision? Um, and sometimes the vision could be great, but the execution could be horrible, right? Um, so I try to sep- keep those two categories. I try to honor the vision. I try to say, like, this place deserves credit for at least having a vision that's that's worthy of an extra star. And then the fourth category is more intangible. I try to just consider what the whole sort of, are there any plus factors? Are they doing something really good for the community? Um, do they, is their food give you that like touchy feel, touchy warm feeling that like makes you I really happy? I only eat at places that give me the warm fuzzies. And like you're like walking on it. clouds yes. as you leave the a, restaurant. A cloud you know? walk from the restaurant. I love that as a four star. And so, you know, I, I know you and I have talked about a little, debated a little bit about what qualifies for four star restaurant. Um, and I think at least in my, under my definition, I, I try not to, use perfection as the standard just because I think my view is that restaurants, no restaurant is perfect. Every restaurant could do something to get better and improve. And I hope that's the, I I think like in order for our food scene to get better, we need people to have that attitude that, that we can always do something to, to do better. So my mom, you know, never listens to us. But the one time I think that she did listen, she was like, hey, Roby, I really enjoyed that Michael Shapps character. Character, huh? Yes. You know, it's funny. When we started the podcast, uh, I think you lined up our first couple of guests. And then you were like, who else would you like to hear on the podcast, Scott? And the first name that came to mind was Michael Shapps, just because I saw his name all over the place when you visit Charlottesville and you do your winery tours. Whenever you speak to someone about Virginia wine, that's the name that pops up. And so in my mind, that was like a pie-in-the-sky guess. Like, we're never going to get Michael Shapps. And lo and behold, where he puts in a phone call, bada-bing, bada-bang. We got Michael Shapps and Taylor Damron, which is, he's up to Upper Shirley, which is awesome because Michael Shapps consults on their wine, which is right about, what, 25 minutes outside of Richmond? Something like that. So one of the best parts about doing this podcast, uh, Roby, A, hanging out with you. <laughs> yeah, that fun, better be the best lo- part. Fun locations all over one town. One of the best parts? Holy moly. The other thing that I really enjoyed so far this year. I do year, not get paid enough. <laughs> the other thing that I really enjoyed this year is meeting all the kind, joyous, passionate people who make the Richmond restaurant scene happen. Oh, you're so cuddly, Scott. They are really genuine human beings, and I can't tell you how grateful I am that they have given their time to us. Do you want to walk through all of the lovely human beings that have been on this podcast and maybe tease what's upcoming next before we close this out? So we have spoken to Mike Lindsay, the chef, the executive chef for Eat Partners. Yeah, Eat Restaurant Partners. You can find him probably right now at Fatty Smokes or the new restaurant Wong's Tacos. We spoke with Chef Johnny, who at the time had just closed his restaurant Rogue in Richmond. Sure, and now you can find him behind the bar at Grisette. 
We also visited with two of our favorite folks, Crystal Poole and Chauncey Jenkins. Sure, Chauncey is at Le Maire. You can see him in the front of the house and talking all things wine. Uh, we also, you mentioned Sam from the Richmond Experience, and you mentioned Chris Staples at the Richmond... Uh, at, at Eat Restaurant eat, Partners, Partners as well. And Michael Shapps and Justin Lowe. We're just going in order of our... If you guys have missed any of these podcasts, please go back into our thread and, and, and listen to them. Michael Shapps of Michael Shapps Wine out of Charlottesville, and Marvin from Manchu. Joey Dara from Vossen Brewing. And then Sarah Beth from The Love Shack came and blew our minds with her energy and her enthusiasm Absolutely. and her story, her backstory. And, at, I mean, she pretty much, like, exudes glitter, so I spent a couple of days washing that out of my hair. We broke some news when Rita from the tourism department came and told us about Homeland. Yep. Returning to Richmond, do you remember that? Sure, and the restaurant that should get a Michelin star. Did you end up being on Walking Dead, by the way, when they were filming here? No, I don't look like a Walking Dead. This is a compliment to me. Ronnie Logan from Ronnie's Original Barbecue oh, in the East End. That was an interesting recording, too, wasn't it? Let's in tell the, let's let's tell the, the folks middle, about that. In the middle of the restaurant. It was like 110 degrees that, it was 180 that summer degrees. day. He's, Scott's always being nice. Or maybe 2,010 degrees. We were interviewing Ronnie in his back office with no windows and maybe some AC. But there was a DJ. There was a DJ. And, and dancing. And Ronnie's smile and his laugh were infectious. Oh, I got so many compliments on that episode. So many people sent me messages. And you should go eat the ribs because you'll give me equally as many compliments because they're that good. I would almost say, if you're going to go back and listen to one episode that we've done this past year, I don't know why you'd be listening to this one without listening to others. But let's just say you found us, and this is the one episode that you're hearing. If this is the first time you've heard Eat It, Virginia, Scott has what you should do. Go back and listen to Ronnie's episode. Uh, it was episode 12. He's been there. Scott's been there, so he can tell you about the food. You know where else I have been multiple times? Uh-oh, tell me. Sunny. Sunny. Oh, Lasia. Lasia in the mall. So I have a story about Sunny. Would you like it? I would, I would love to hear it. So... Sunny, my, Ryan, my significant other's parents are not super adventurous eaters. They, they'll try stuff, but, you know, they're not super adventurous. We took them to Lasia under the guise that they would be able to find something that they liked in an Indian food standpoint. Right. They go back without us once a week. Is that right? Yep. Do you remember what Sunny told us never to order at an Indian restaurant? Tikka masala. Let's listen to that clip. Because I think everybody comes, as you said, and orders tikka masala, which that's a big deal for individuals here, especially in Richmond. Why is that not, I'm going to say, why is that not the right thing to do? See, we always call about this two aspect of business. Uh, first is we all want you to be on the doors and be happy. Chicken tikka masala is one of those dish which has brought many people who's not from Indian origin uh, interact with Indian food and being kind of the face. But if you go to India, there's no chicken tikka masala. None. No. Zero nothing. tikka masala. Mm-hmm. Now, the, due to Google, people are familiar what chicken tikka masala is. But if you talk about 15 years back, people has no idea what's chicken tikka masala. Mm. Chicken tikka masala was a dish which was originated in Glasgow, in the UK. So an Indian counterpart for that would be chicken makhni or butter chicken. People do love that. It's, and we make sure the way we make chicken tikka masala, it has to be the way you get it, the way it's supposed to be in England or UK, uh, and the butter chicken the way it's supposed to be in India. Uh, but we are so pleased and sometimes more than happy that if you try something else, 
because we always talk that there's way more things to Indian food, like charts. Imagine, like, you talk about street my charts. My favorite thing. Yeah, those are, like, amazing. We feel excited when we talk about, like, we sell chicken tikka masala. It's a great dish, but I never got excited, even if it's selling it or there's, there's nothing. Imagine it's a great dish, but you don't get excited about that. Uh, but then there's tons of other things in Indian food which makes you excited that, wow, like, this is... This is the dish. I want to serve it to you. Then, Roby, after we went to Shore Mall, which might be my comfort zone, you took me way out of my comfort zone. Remember, remember when you threw that live podcast in my lap and said, oh, by the way, Scott, we're going to be doing this in front of a live audience. Remember that? Okay, so I don't really realize, I don't think I realized what we were taking on. You know that, right? Like, I was like, mm, we can so definitely handle you. this. So unlike you, just say I'll, yes to everything. I'll just do it and figure it out afterwards. Yeah, I, I don't know if we really figured it out, but I think that it went pretty well. That was with Virginia Foodie. Also, we had the Bloody Mary guys from Back Pocket Provisions. And I still think about that Bloody Mary mix. Is that weird? I think we should bring them on for 2020. What do you say? Are they If they're bringing the Bloody Mary mix with well, them. Of course. Cool. That's, then that's I'm understood. There. Also, uh, he had such a great personality. I guess he doesn't have to bring the Bloody Mary mix, but it would definitely be a good add-on. How about that power couple we interviewed down at Minibar in Shaco Bottom? Oh, man. <laughs> I got to tell you, she's a riot. From the bottom, we went uptown to the Diamond. Oh, Josh Barbin. Isn't he just an endearing soul? That was the episode where we found out that the Diamond might be Richmond's largest restaurant. It, I think it probably is Richmond's largest restaurant and maybe has more food from a variety standpoint than you would originally anticipate. From food to drink, we headed to Carytown at the Jasper interview the power trio. Matias, Thomas, and Brandon. And they're awesome people. No, they're super low-key. It was and the Jasper great. is an amazing place. And right now has their holiday pop-up going on, which, by the way, it had a line out the block on uh, around the block on Saturday. Miracle on Cary Street. Yep. So go early or go late, but go often. Let's stay behind the bar with Beth Dixon over at Perch. Yes, yes. We learned a lot about Beth Dixon, didn't we? I like think that was our Beth longest interview of all of them. I think Beth, you and Beth, I kind of just sat back and let you guys... She's a good, so actually, we were together this past Wednesday night. We did Women and Whiskey again with Reservoir Distillery. We keep selling out this class, Beth and I do. I'm going to say it's us. It's definitely not the delicious whiskey. I saw that picture on your Instagram. I was wondering what that was and where my invite was, but you said it was Women and Whiskey. So yep, you're not allowed. Um, one of our most uh, downloaded podcasts is with uh, Chris and Alex from ZZQ. Uh, delicious barbecue. Absolutely wonderful people. And you can tell they make national headlines, so I think people from around the country are listening to that one. They certainly are. Um, and rounding out the last three, uh, the folks from Belle Isle Moonshine. Canned cocktails all the way. Vacation vibes. Ooh, yeah, no bad days. Paige Healy. And Michelle Williams with her with her story about how she and her, her business partners launched what can only be described as one of the most successful restaurant groups in town. With eight Almost nine restaurants and counting. Their new spot, soon to open in winter of 2020, is called Barrio Tacos and Tequila, which is going to be in the old Pearl Raw Bar space. So if you haven't listened to any of these episodes yet, we would encourage you to go back into our thread, into our feed, and pick out your favorite place over the holidays. We also, if you haven't listened to any of these episodes, welcome. (laughs) 
So guys, we really like hearing from you. And if we hear from you about what you like to hear, it makes us better. Right, Scott? Oh, I wasn't listening. Yeah, see? There you go. See, somebody send us a review and say, Scott, you need to start listening. And also, Roby loves answering restaurant questions. The more obscure, the better. You can reach us at eatitvirginia at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the same handles and even on Facebook. Over at Eat It Virginia. Roby, it's been an absolute pleasure this year doing this podcast with you. Yeah, see if you guys could see his face, you would know that it has not been an absolute pleasure. But it has been an absolute pleasure that you guys have taken the time to listen to to us, especially. I know everybody has a busy schedule. So here's to 2020, Scott. Let's do it. Perfect. Signing off, Eat It Virginia. Bye, Scott! Bye! This episode of Eat It Virginia... Eat It Virginia? Really? This episode of Eat It Virginia... <laughs> no! Oh, God, no! This has been a production of the Tribune Audio Network.